So, Father, even, even in the things that we ask for, forgive us for wanting more of the things you do for us and can give us than for you and for you alone. Father, teach us even as we would learn to abide in you that life is first about abiding in you, the true vine, and not about the outcome of the fruit. Continue to teach us, Father, that you're enough, that life with you is enough. Encourage us with the hope, too, that life doesn't begin when we get to heaven in the goodness of your presence, that you are with us here and now, and you want us to know you and your presence in deeper and more profound ways. You want to remove the obstacles and the things that would hinder us knowing you in that way so that we would say, I want nothing else, nothing else but you. So Father, increase our hunger, increase our thirst for you, knowing that you are a faithful God who will give us more of you because that's what we were created for, you. So may we know more of you, our good and faithful God as we seek your face. Speak to us, Lord, this morning as we look into your word, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you, Steph, for leading us this morning. And at this time, the children from kindergarten up to sixth grade uh, would be dismissed for children's church. A reminder for parents and family members to pick up uh, the children down in the fellowship hall following the service this morning. John chapter 15. Today's our last day of being in this passage as we would uh, look at this series, Abide in Me. And this morning we talk about uh, mission and abiding in and abiding on mission. One last time I invite you to follow along as I would read God's word for us from John chapter 15, verse 1 through the end of the section, verse 17. Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit He prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. And if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. And this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. And I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. And my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. 
Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. And you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. And this is my command, love each other. You know, oftentimes when we think about fruit bearing and we think about mission, think about if I just do it right if I just do the formula right, if I just share it right with the right people, that everything's going to happen and that there's going to be just amazing, crazy stuff. And yet we hear stories from our workers of these lives being changed, but when you really get to know them and hear their stories, you find that oftentimes in the midst there's these great fruit-bearing moments, but it's often very hard and it often takes a lot of perseverance and it often isn't as easy as plant a seed, hang out for a while, water, and boom, there's a life changed. I don't know, maybe you have experienced that yourself. You've been praying for people to come to know Jesus. You've been faithfully present in their lives. You've been sharing the good news of Jesus. You've been demonstrating it and it doesn't seem like you're getting anywhere seems like, in some ways, like you may be going backwards at times. And so you may think at times, is, is it even worth it? <laughs> is God really faithful? Are the things that he says in his word really true? Well, this morning I, I want us to look at this idea of abiding in mission from the perspective of encouragement to keep on abiding and to keep on trusting that God will do something in bringing the fruit of salvation and bringing the fruit of character and Christ-likeness, being born out of your lives more and more, to stay faithful and more than just what he can do, wanting him for who he is, abiding for mission. Today we conclude this series so that... If we just make abiding about me, 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 and not looking on the outflow, we'll miss Jesus' heart. So five lessons this morning. Some of them are going to be like, if you've been in this series, you may be saying, oh, I've heard this before, I've heard this before, I've heard this. Some of it's going to be review, but with the encouragement to keep on going and to view it in the perspective of being on mission, of taking it out and not just keeping it all in. Some of these lessons may be new for you. So, five lessons this morning in your sermon notes uh, or in your bulletin, so you can fill those out. Uh, The first lesson is this, is we would seek to abide on mission with Jesus. The first is, and if we are going to bear fruit, if we are going to be able to do this, it requires that we abide, we stay connected to him. 
Verses 4 through 5 is the key. Remain in me, Jesus said, and I will remain. We've said in this series that remaining in the new, in the new international version that I use uh, is a word that is often translated abide in many other translations. And is probably abide is probably the better translation because abiding is about connectivity. It's about finding life. It's about staying so close to Jesus that we don't really know where, where our life ends and where his begins and where his life ends and ours begins. It's so closely connected. Remain or abide in me, and I will remain or abide in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain or abide in the vine. And neither can you bear fruit unless you remain or abide in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Verse 8 and 16 talk about bearing fruit. And verse 16 fruit that will last. This is the goal, that we would bear fruit, but it only comes by abiding in Jesus. See, life, just as the life is in the vine of the plant for the branches, life is in Jesus as the true vine. And he invites us to stay close. He invites us to stay connected to him. He invites us to increase our desperation, as we sang in that last song, that it would be more and more the heart's cry, I just want you. That's the heart cry of an abider. I just want you. Nothing else. Not even for the things that you do, but I want you because you are more beautiful. You are more treasured than anything in this earth, and you alone are the true vine. You alone are life, and I come to you. My faith is in you, the promise maker and the promise keeper. If we don't, Jesus is clear that we can do nothing apart from him. He's clear that we cannot bear fruit apart from being in him. It's the result. Fruit bearing is the result of being in an abiding, intimate relationship with Jesus. The fruit that we've talked about, one of them is the character of Jesus in us, that the fruit of the Spirit will come of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control will come more and more as we abide in him. Let me encourage you, as we sang this morning, sometimes the faithfulness, we think, boy, there's that thing, boy, I want to be more gentle, and then something rubs up against us, and what comes out is not gentleness. What comes out of us is, ah, you've been there, right? You feel it. And sometimes we're like, what's going on? And we get frustrated, and you're like, does this even work? This is that process of sanctification that comes as we abide in Jesus. As we abide in him, more of us dies in those fleshly, sinful responses and patterns, and more happens with the, the, the life of Jesus and the fruit of the Spirit coming. But, friends, just to be encouraged today that if you're like, boy, I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere, is it any use? Let me tell you, it is worth it. Stay connected to Jesus. Don't give up. The character of Jesus is a long game. It is a, it is a work that sometimes takes time, sometimes takes our cooper- or always takes our cooperation, but is not easy to see these things, these patterns sometimes change. Often it's the slow abiding that changes us day in and day out, little by little. Abide to bear fruit in the character of Jesus. But when it comes to mission, and Jesus is, is his, one of his heart's cries of this is that lost people would be found, that the fruit of lost people would be found. 
It's the chief heart of God. It's the chief mission of Jesus. Jesus came when he, he had the interaction with Zacchaeus in, in Luke chapter 19, verse 10. He declared his mission in coming. I have come to seek and to save the lost. The fruit of seeing lost people come to Christ is what Jesus is after. And so be about continuing, abiding, trusting that as you are abiding, that fruit will come as you interact in the lives of people and not give up. Sometimes it can be slow work, but don't give up. Abide to bear fruit. There's one other kind of fruit that I want to focus on for one moment and then give a a picture, an example for you. And that is back when we started this series, we talked about uh, Jesus being the true vine and that Israel, in Isaiah chapter 5, Israel was the garden of his delight, that God planted a, a, a vineyard, his people Israel, and the people did not produce the fruit that he wanted. It was only bitter grapes. It wasn't the fruit that he intended his people as he planted them to be able to produce because they did not abide in the Lord. And so he sent his son Jesus to be the true vine, to be the one who would abide in the Father for Israel and for us. If you're a non-Jew, a Gentile, when you come to faith in Christ, we've been grafted into the life of Jesus, into the people, God's chosen people, Israel. And so as Jesus, the true vine, he is the one who is for us, that vine. But in that passage in Isaiah chapter 5, um, in verse 7, it says at the conclusion of that passage, he says, yeah, this vineyard needs to just be put away because it is not what I intended, so I'm going to send my son Jesus. It says, the vineyard of the Lord Almighty is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah are the garden of his delight. And he looked for justice, but saw bloodshed, for righteousness, but heard cries of distress. When we see what he did not see, we see one of the fruits that God desires, and that is the word justice. That justice would be on the earth. And I know that can be like a buzzword today, but my heart and the heart of God is this, that justice would be done on the earth. And that salvation is not just about getting people to heaven. That justice is about, the heart of God is about also making what is wrong right here on this earth. What is broken in lives to bring life and to bring healing and to bring restoration to broken lives and even to broken systems in this world. It's the heart of God. And so oftentimes we just think, well, let's get people saved so they get to heaven one day. But Jesus came for the holistic salvation of people. And so the fruit of salvation will save people for eternity, but it will also, the salvation work of God will work out and they will bring healing where there is injustice, where there is brokenness in life will bring healing and will make what is wrong right. An example, I want to show you a short video uh, from an Alliance Church in Columbus. And this is a way, and this is what we don't often think about, but this is, this is actually the heart of God in justice being done where there is brokenness. It's bringing right to broken situations. Watch, watch a short video. 
Alliance family, we are here in the hilltop area of Columbus with Pastor Ben Douglas of Faith Community Church. Ben, can you give us a little bit of the tour of the space? I'd love to, yeah. So this here is the future family ministry center for our church. The goal is to engage families uh, that are in the community that might not otherwise step foot in a church. Or literally across the street from an elementary school that has uh, 400 plus students. This right here, we're hoping to turn into a coffee shop. We actually have the old coffee bar here. We have a room, two bathrooms back here and then over here. What we'd love to see is a place where families come in and get hot chocolate together. They're able to interact with Christian adults that are safe. We think mentoring is a big deal. We think one-to-one relationships really is what ministry is about. Watch your step as you come through here. We have families associated with our church that struggle with housing insecurity. They might be working poverty and they don't have any cushion to protect them. They don't really have a career. And so what we want to do is turn this upstairs space into transitional housing so that they can uh, get settled, start building a cushion of money to protect them, to start working on their um, soft skills which are like people skills. There's a lot of spiritual underpinnings that seem to come out. And so things like soul care would be really an an important uh, aspect. Our church is a little church. We have about 50 people on a given Sunday. Our church doesn't have the funds within itself to be able to make this uh, a reality. And so we've partnered with other churches from demoing to doing framing and installing windows our after-school tutoring program. We depend on churches that come in and mentor these kids, pray with these kids, and um, share the hope of Jesus with them. There is an opportunity for Christians all across our country to dive in with their urban brothers and sisters and to say, hey, we're in this with you. How can we partner with you together to further the kingdom of God? Cool stuff, right? What that is doing is being able to say here there is injustice in areas. There is brokenness. There is these housing insecurities. There's the need for soul care. There's the relational problems of, that are probably built on, on just generational kinds of lack that have happened over time. And what the church is saying is we care and we want them to know Jesus and we believe that Jesus is also one who brings the fruit of justice, of righting what is wrong, not just getting people to heaven one day, but allowing the work of Jesus to totally transform their lives. To do this, we abide to bear fruit, joining Jesus on mission. And so continue to go. If you haven't been in this area, begin to ask the Lord, what is broken around me and where can I join in the restoration that God wants to do here in lives and here on this earth. Second lesson when it comes to abiding on mission is if we're going to abide on mission, it requires the obedience of the commands of Jesus. Verse 7, it says, If you remain in me my, and my words remain in you. There's my words. You look at verse 9 through 11, it says, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. How do you do that? If you obey my commands, 
the words and the commands of Jesus, you will remain in my love just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. And I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. To the point that in verses 14 and 15, Jesus says, if you hold to my words and you obey my commands, that verse 14, you are my friends if you do what? If you're following along, if you do what? What I command. I no longer call you servant because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I made known to you. Do you hear the relational intimacy of not just servant, but friend? He calls us friends because he has shared what the Father has told him with us. And the way that we enact it is through obedience, of doing what the Father says. Friends, I know obedience can sound like one of those, like, ugh, obedience. But there really is no other way to unleash the abiding relationship of Jesus on mission but to obey what he says. And when we do, there is the greatest joy. We remain in the love of the Father. It's not this like, oh, I got to obey. When we obey for mission, we are remaining in the love of the Father, remaining in the joy of the Lord. And there's actually joy and love in remaining and in obedience but we need the commands of Jesus. We need to obey them. We need to do what he says on mission. See, friends, if we are going to be about going and sharing the good news of Jesus, if we're going to be about taking his, the gospel message, if we're going to take it to our Jerusalem, our Judea, Samaria, our ends of the earth, Acts 1.8, if we're going to listen to the whispers of his spirit to know where to go and to have him lead us to who we are to share with and what we are to share with them, the only way to do that is to understand his words, his commands, and to obey them. Football season's around, about to come upon us, right? High school has already started, some college. Um, there's a, some other team down on the North Shore. What, what's the name of that team? I, I, I don't know. I, I'm from Ohio, you know. Anyway. <laughs> but football season's coming. It's upon us. Now, what would happen if the coach drew up this amazing play that was guaranteed for a touchdown? There's no way that you can defend it. He's figured out how to completely take players out and free up the star running back or the star wide receiver. And it is absolutely unstoppable. And it's at the point of the game where they need a touchdown. And he, the coach pulls out this play, and he sends it in, and he's like, all right, we execute this thing, we win. The play comes in, and the team looks at it, and they go, okay. And they either go and they run something else, not what the coach says, or they decide, you know what, I really don't like this, and I think we can show the coach that we know better and let's not run a play, and we'll hold him hostage. We'll let the play clock run out. When he goes, what are you doing, guys? Be like, you're going to run our play. How much joy and love is going to go on in that team? Not so much, right? Not so much. See, there, there is the commands, there's the words, there's the plays... 
for mission and for relationship and abiding. And the joy and the love and the fruit come as a result of obedience, as a result of doing. And it's the same way with mission. It's the same way with abiding in Christ that there is obedience to the commands of Jesus if we're going to begin to see the fruit that comes from abiding. And so if you're in a place where you're like, yeah, you know what, I've been kind of running my own plays. I've been out on mission kind of doing my own thing. I haven't, or I haven't really even thought to ask the Lord, Lord, what, what plays are you running already and how can I get in on those plays for mission? That might be the place where we need to start. Just say, Lord, I want to be on mission. Can I listen to what you say? Third lesson. So we abide on mission. Pray. 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 And if I didn't want you to think that I only knew the word pray, I probably could have put it seven or eight more times. Verse 7, it says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. And then verse 16, You did not choose me, I chose you, appointed you to go bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Twice, ask and the Father will do it. On mission, ask and the Father will do it. But there is this catch, verse 7, if. If, if, if you remain in my words and my words remain in you. We stay connected to obey, but when we do, we begin to pray the Father's will. The Father's will is for people and families and communities and nations to be able to see that Jesus, his son, is the savior of the world and that there is no one and no other way to the Father except through him. That lost people will be brought back. Abiding leads us to pray. Abiding also in prayer changes us. When we pray, oftentimes we pray and we pray and we pray and God, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. And if you abide long enough and you pray and you pray and you pray, slowly you begin to find out that it's not what I want to see done. Lord, maybe I've been praying and asking you to do the, do the right thing the wrong way. Lord, would you begin to change my heart? Would you allow me to pray the way you desire to pray? Where you want to do, may I join you in that. May we pray. You know, these are, these are convicting things for me. I think convicting things for a lot of us in prayer. At the beginning of the summer, Joel Repick came and shared and you know, one of the things that he said that morning and has said in a number of interactions that I have had with him, and that is that there is not a mission movement on the face of the earth that has not been born out of worship, prayer, and fasting. That if we just want to go, 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 do, 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 do for God, but it's not born out of desperation and hunger and dependence, and God, if we don't have if we don't know you more, if we're not so deeply connected to you, if your spirit is, as a result, not lighting us aflame because of it, God, we can't go and do anything. We need your presence. We need you. And so prayer at its core is where we go. The fourth lesson is to love others. Love others. When we abide on mission, verses 12, 13, 
Jesus says, my command, is that, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. And then verse 17, he says it again. And whenever Jesus says the same thing twice in the midst of a, a passage or in the midst of a teaching, it's because it's really important. Talked about prayer twice. And now he says it again. This is my command, love each other. Jesus commands his disciples, he commands us to love each other. He says it twice. And the motivation for our loving others and abiding out of abiding is his love for us that he radically demonstrated at the cross where he laid down his life for us. A work and a love and a laying down that leads us from what we would say would be called servants to friends. And so as we abide, one of the reactions, one of the the results will be loving others. As we abide, we will remain in the love of the Father, and then we will be loving others. We will love other believers. If you look and if you're in John 15, maybe for you just a page back, and maybe on the same side, another page. But in John chapter 13, So this would have been just a matter of hours in between of saying John 13, verses 34 and 35, and then teaching about the vine and the branches in John 15. Same night, couple hours apart. This is in the midst of the Last Supper in John 13, after he has demonstrated what kind of love it means in serving his disciples and washing his disciples' feet. He says this, John 13, 34 and 35, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. The love of believers for believers is a way that the world will know, is a way that we will be on mission by the way that we love one another. The world will know that we are disciples of Jesus by the way we love one another. It's not just love for believers, though. It's also love for unbelievers. Mission and leading others to Jesus is motivated by love, and it's been said that mission moves at the speed of relationships that are rooted and that are built on love. Listen to that again. Mission moves at the speed of relationships that are rooted and are built on love. I heard of a family recently that was building a relationship with another family. And in the midst of the, the relationship building, uh, had the family over. And as the family came over, uh, the, there were Bible verses in the Christian family's house. And it kind of shocked people in the family. And they said, I didn't, would have never thought you were Christians. Because I've never met a Christian who was kind and loving and welcoming. That one kind of hits home, doesn't it? Which asking for us the question of what do the non-believers around us, what do they think of our lives, the quality of our lives and the quality of our relationships? Would they say, oh, Christians, not loving. Or man, those are loving people. Those are kind. Those are serving. They lay down their life for me. What are we known by? 
Jesus seems to say that as we would love and remain in him, that what's going to be a natural outflow (laughs) is love. My command is this, love each other. So love others. Last lesson. And this is where I think maybe we just need to be encouraged this morning, and that is to leave the fruit to God. Leave the fruit to God. Verse 16, again, Jesus says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. When we seek Jesus, are we really one day waking up and going, I think I'm going to go seek Jesus today. <laughs> I, I think when you look at what Jesus says, he says, you, you didn't come to me one day and be like, hey, I want to come follow you. When you look at the life of Jesus and you look at the ministry of Jesus, he always is going to people and saying, hey, I want you to come follow me. The people would be attracted to him, but he was always going and saying, come follow me, come come follow me. You, you did not choose me, I chose you. Friends, how amazing is that? <laughs> That the God of the universe and the person of Jesus Christ has said, I choose you. If there is any inkling of desire for God, it's not because you decide, you know what, I think I'm going to go to church today, or I think I'm going to go figure out what God is all about. It's because the God of the universe and the person of Jesus Christ, by the work of the Holy Spirit, has come to you and is wooing and is drawing and is working, and he is calling you to himself, and he is appointing you to go and bear fruit out of an abiding relationship with him, fruit that will last. And so if it's him choosing us, It's him that the work of fruit production is dependent on. Paul said, some plant, some water, but if you know the scripture, who makes it grow? All right, let's try that again. All right, audience participation for a moment. Paul says, some plant, others water, but who makes it grow? God makes it grow. Friends, our role is to abide in Jesus. Our role is to do what he calls us to do. That's where the life of Jesus flows, to go out, join him where he is at, and to trust him to bring the fruit. Vulnerability time for us for a moment. I know, you go to church and you leave me alone, right? But, but how many are a little discouraged that, man, I haven't seen God answer or do in my life or in the lives of others I've been praying for what I was hoping him to do? 
All right. That, that's like the majority of us. And so sometimes you can hear, we can hear messages about mission and, you know, abide to bear fruit and obey the commands of Jesus and pray, 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 love others, leave the fruit to God. And you're like, all right, I'm just kind of like, if I'm honest, kind of done with this because, man, it just is frustrating because I've been praying, I've been seeking, and nothing seems to be changing. Or it's not changing as fast as I would hope it was. So can I just encourage us this morning, and we're just going to pray into this for the last few moments, of just saying, Lord, where I'm weary, where I'm tired, it's not dependent on me, it's dependent on you. And so I just want you, and out of my intimacy with you, grow it, develop it, change it, deepen it, would you lead me to the places where I need to go and just help me to be faithful day in and day out and trust you for the fruit. And I would even say, I, I believe this is for somebody, and it may be for me as much as it's for anybody. Would we stop trying to control the outcome in people's lives by forcing them to be fruit? <laughs> Does that make sense? And like the motivation is, is so much like, I want you to be everything that Jesus has for you. So we're like, oh, I gotta work hard. Gotta, gotta. And maybe we need to just leave some hands off a little bit and say, God, I can't do it. I'm just gonna have to depend on you and I'm gonna have to just trust that you are at work. Lead me. Give me your words of when I need to speak and give me your moments of when I just need to be quiet <laughs> and when I need to be present and just pray and love and show them who you are and wait for those open doors that you are working in. I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna trust, I'm gonna welcome your work as I, as I seek to abide in you. I just want you, trusting that you are the great and faithful God. I just want you. I'm gonna trust that you will do it you will do it. So in these last moments, we're, we're not closing with a, a song this morning. I just want us to take a, a few minutes of closing, closing prayer. And I just want to, I'll walk us through an application time and, and I just want you to be able to have some time to spend with God in these last moments. Just to be with him give you some prayer prompts and then uh, I'll pray for us and we'll be dismissed this morning. So let's go to the Lord together in prayer. First off, would just take a moment in your own words just to praise the Lord for his faithfulness, for his promises, For even his words and commands that do lead us to life. Just give him praise. Give him thanks. Take a few moments to acknowledge that he's enough too. 
that more than all the things that we may want him to do, and more even than the fruit that will come, that we're not after first and foremost the fruit that we're after him. We want him. We want to be connected to the true vine. Jesus, even be free in these moments to speak to us about our abiding, of ways that you would encourage us into deeper abiding, or even to to come to abide. Where there may be discouragement, a feeling like there's disconnection, where there's dryness. Father, I pray encouragement and I I come against the spirit of shame and condemnation that would say that you've been away too long, you're too far away from the vine, you haven't been. To hear the truth that the true vine, the Lord Jesus, is life and he welcomes us in as we would turn from those waves of self-dependence and turn to him, the one who is life. Come, Holy Spirit, to do that work. And I pray, Father, that you might even lift off and clean off some of those areas of burden and silence even some of those whispers that would come against us in our identity in Christ the true vine. So now even just take a few moments. If, if there is frustration in not seeing fruit, of just to honestly confess that to the Lord. Jesus, in the midst of our frustration, are there any words that you want to speak, any words of encouragement, any words of strengthening? So, Father, even over your people, I would pray encouragement. Father, I would pray, too, for eyes to be fixed on Jesus, the author and the finisher, perfecter of our faith. I would pray, Father, that that you would allow out of abiding in the vine, that you would allow us to see what is and keep us from looking at what is not. Father, I pray that we would trust you afresh, that we would surrender to you afresh to trust you for the fruit 
the fruit of our lives being changed and the fruit of seeing others around us who need so desperately the work of Jesus in their lives to see their lives changed. And even over those who you are hungering and desiring to see God change and to to meet and to break through in their lives, spend a moment just interceding but interceding in a way of surrender. Lord, I surrender this person to you. Have your way. Move and work according to your ways. Father, we trust you in these lives for your kingdom to come and for your will to be done, for you to do supernaturally more than we could ever ask or hope or imagine. We bless them in the name of Jesus. We pray, Father, that their eyes would be opened to the light and the glory of Christ. We pray, Father, that that you would protect them and that you would loose them from the power of the evil one over their lives that would seek to blind them and would seek to hold them captive. We declare and we speak freedom over their lives in the name and the authority of Jesus. And we declare, Father, that your purposes and your ways in their lives are what we desire to see. And we declare, Father, that we, as much as it is a struggle at times, we will not try to manipulate We will not try to control them and control it. We will trust you, the one who has appointed us, who has chosen us to go and to bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so, Father, we trust you to do the work. And I pray, Father, that you would even lift the burden off of individuals here in the room, that you would lift the burden off that it's dependent on them. Father, it's dependent on you. May we hear your voice. May we go where you're calling us, out of abiding. May we say what needs to be said when it needs to be said, and may we be silent when we need to be silent. And may the voice of the Spirit be the loudest voice they hear. Father, I pray encouragement to come. I pray as we go on mission that it would not be something that I should do, but it would be something that we desire to do out of intimacy with you. And Father, may your spirit fall on us in a fresh and empowering way. For you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So that you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So come Holy Spirit to do that work as you would send us to do it. In Jesus' name I pray. So if you're able, would you stand this morning as we would be dismissed? Let me just encourage you to that times of prayer in the Father's presence are what will empower mission, what will empower abiding. And, And even that you would find people that you would be able to say, Lord, I'm going to seek the face of the Father with. Um, oftentimes we, we're praying for things on our own and we need to welcome in others into it. 
that we would come together in prayer. Jesus said that where two or three are gathered in my name, that he's there in our midst in prayer. And so he's with you individually, but may I just encourage us to lean into one another in prayer and uh, to seek the face of the Father and to, to seek Jesus, not just for me by myself, but with others as well. So may the Lord encourage you. First and foremost, you, if you're a believer in Jesus, he has chosen you. Let, let the words of Jesus settle over your soul. He has chosen you. The God of the universe sees you. He knows you. He loves you. He has chosen you. And he has appointed you to go bear fruit. Fruit that will last. For his glory. For the good of those around you. And so may his kingdom come through you. May his kingdom come in you for the glory of the Father. Go in his peace. Amen.